Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. This comes from, everything I'm about to tell you, comes from something that happened during one of my client appointments. So I work with a lot of people And what I hear a lot is, I have a job that I need to apply for this week. Somebody called me and they need my resume now. You know, everything has to happen right this second. Or I write a resume for them and a month passes and they contact me. I haven't heard anything. I don't know anything. Nothing's going on. And I will tell you that this is what I told one of my clients And I feel that everyone needs to understand this. I know we have all heard sink or swim, right? You can either sink or swim when you do anything. And if you go back and listen to episode nine, you will hear my very best friend, Nicole Hughes, tell you about the drowning of her son and how she got through that and how the life-saving skill that he did not have that he needed most was that he didn't know how to float. And in that moment, when I was talking to this client a few weeks ago, that came to mind. And I said to her, I tried very hard in my life to put meaning around this drowning. I didn't know what it meant. And I don't believe, I, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I don't believe that that particular event happened on purpose, because I just can't think that way. But it has occurred. And I can decide for that to make me bitter or better. And I choose better. And because of that, what came to me in this moment, speaking with this amazing client of mine was, it's not about sinking, meaning you're never going to get a job ever or applying for a hundred things, applying for this one position. It has to be this company. Swim, 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 fight so hard. What happens to floating? Because what happens when you float is you take a minute and you take a breath, you relax, and you plan. And when you plan, really amazing things happen. So let's pretend you are out in the middle of the open water. You know, something happened and you're somehow out in the middle of the water. And you swim, right? You swim for a period, but you are going to get exhausted. And there is a point where you need to just turn over on your back and float. And when you're doing that floating, I think a lot of us think that that's being lazy or not effective in some way. I'm not doing anything. What you are doing is you're studying. How far am I from the shore? What would be the most effective way for me to get there? And if you are only swimming or only sinking, stress is coming out in your body. 
And the best way to alleviate stress is to float for a minute. Just float, take those deep breaths, survey the land. And this has happened to me over and over and over again in my life. So I was married at the age of 22 and divorced at the age of 26. And I will tell you the reason that happened is because I was swimming my heart out to be loved, swimming my heart out. And instead of letting myself float for a while and let things naturally progress, and that is exactly what I did when I met my second husband, I was in float mode all the way. I wanted to survey the land, have some fun, not put any labels on the situation, and it's made things a lot easier. And I believe that is why I am with this man that I am with now. And we've been together for 12 years because he is who I needed. And I only realized that when I was floating. This happened for me again, because everything in my life happens over and over again to get the lesson and share it was when I had my daughter. And I put a lot of my own childhood on her. You know, I'm not going to make these mistakes. I'm not going to be my parents. I'm not going to do this. She is going to be all these things. And if you have ever had a sonogram or anything where everything was perfect, you understand this. You probably looked at that sonogram wrong. I looked at perfect sonogram and saw a perfect child, which is not true. There is no such thing as perfection. And when she was born... Wonderful baby, right? So perfect to me. And then she gets to be 18 months. Oh, sweet baby Jesus, 18 months is hard. <laughs> Flash forward to four and a half. And we as a society are putting a lot of um, worth on our children learning to read at an early age. That's a whole other topic. They have started sight words at four and a half. And it's just not clicking for her. And my heart and my gut said, something is wrong. But my head said, swim. Swim like you've never swum before, if that's even a word, swam. And so that's exactly what I did. I pushed so hard. We were doing these sight words every day. There was crying. There was upset. I mean, she was so upset. And I could tell I was starting to warp her and and just hurt her. And I thought, this is ridiculous. She's four and a half. Let it go. And so I did. And so I said to myself, she's ready for kindergarten. It's going to be amazing. And she came home from kindergarten, a very socially adjusted child, makes so many friends, so fun. And the longer she was in kindergarten, the more I saw the light go out in her eyes. And I was afraid to push back on the teachers. So I pushed her. Swim, 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 swim. Flash forward to she is almost eight years old. She is dyslexic. What I was doing was potentially harmful and damaging but I figured it out early enough that I stopped and now I float. We float together. She is swimming, right? 
but she has to take a breath and she has to have those moments to float. And we have a tutor that she goes to two hours a week. She has done tons and tons and tons of extra work. My daughter has a part-time job and it is learning to read. So in first grade, we were spending 20 hours outside of school working on reading. Yes, 20 hours. And any parent with a child with any learning disability knows that what you hear from other parents, and they mean it nicely, is, oh, are you not doing the sight words with your child? Oh, are you not reading with your child? (laughs) And if you are not in the right headspace, that can eat at your soul, because I know it did for me. Because my daughter is dyslexic, I felt that I was doing something wrong as a parent, that I had caused this, which is not true. Again, when I had some time to float on my feelings, why I felt that way, I was able to come back to, I was put on this earth to help guide her. That is all this is. And what better time for her to have something hard happen than when she's young and I can help her process it and I can help her cope with it and I can hold her hand and float with her. And so this past week, she came home and was so excited. Oh my goodness, so excited. And I said, oh my goodness, what are you so excited about? And she said, I skipped a monkey bar today. And I said, you did what? And she said, at the beginning of the school year, and I live in the South, so our school year starts August 1st. At the beginning of the school year, I saw a kid skip a monkey bar. And I said to myself, I want to do that too. So every day at recess, I would run out to the monkey bars and I would practice. And there it was. There was that little gem of me floating, you know, all this hard work, all of this struggle. And that girl works hard because that's what we've been doing over the past few years at this point. Dyslexia has taken part of her childhood. It has taken confidence from her, but it's also taken a fear of failure away. And for the past two months, she has been working on skipping monkey bars and she can do it now. And I'm so proud of her, but I also can tell you that it had a lot to do with me floating and encouraging, but not pushing too hard. There are times, right? I need to swim with you, but there are other times when I need to say, Let's float. Let's float for a little bit. So this week, as you listen to this, maybe you hear that you're swimming too hard and you're about to sink, my friend. If you are swimming really hard, you are going to sink. Turn over. Float. Think. And then go back to swimming. Trust your gut. It is there for a reason. I hope you have an amazing week, and I want you to go float on. 
Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.